Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 133 in Edmonton. We will get to a few of your texts coming up at 630, 630 at about uh, 150 today. Royal Pizza, Edmonton owned and operated, celebrating 50 years in the city, still making it great. On now through all of October, Royal Pizza is offering the combo special. Your choice of Greek or Caesar salad with the garlic toast, two medium gourmet pizzas, and four anniversary uh, cookies, all for just 50 bucks. Pick that up at any of their 14 Edmonton and area locations. Royal Pizza, where the stock for a recommendation. The boys were criticizing me the other night in the pool. Saying I'm wrong on the Mediterranean chicken. So, a couple of fellas were going down the meat lover's path. This old school big boy pizza. So there you have it. Uh, still to come, uh, this day in Oilers history with sort of a unique... Yeah, you might be able to stump some uh, folks. Uh, no. We'll, we'll use it today, but it's it's coming up a little bit later on. We'll get to some of your texts as well. Uh, we just had Brian Burke on the show for our friends at Canadian Power Pack. And he talked about Scott Sandlin being a good guy named Sandy to all of his friends in the business. Uh, this conversation uh, took place earlier today, which is part of the reason why we did this show in studio, plus the fact that the orders were having an optional skate today. Scott Sandlin uh, is the head coach of the back-to-back reigning national champion UMD Bulldogs. And he literally built that program up for scratch. Let's get to our one-on-one conversation with Scott Sandlin. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, it takes some. It, it, it's taken some time. I'm going on my 20th year here in, in Duluth, and certainly, it, there's been some some ups and downs. But uh, the last 10 years, I think, uh, through you know, recruiting uh, the type of player that uh, that kind of fits the way we want to play, um, you know, getting enough high end guys too to to be part of your program. I think when I first started here, you know, we might. We we didn't really get those players, um, so we kind of went a little bit older. And now, you know, with some of the success, we've been able to to attract some of those players here too. But uh, you know, I think we've got a pretty good culture here and, and a good group of guys that's uh, that's really led to a lot of it. And on top of that, we've had some really good leaders and captains and 
you know, guys that uh, have really led the way. And uh, that was really evident the last couple of years with, with Parker Mackay, um, who was the most valuable player in the national tournament, and Carson Kuhlman the year before. So uh, we've been, I've been pretty fortunate to have some pretty good leaders and, and, and a really good group of guys that have bought into, you know, how we want to play and, and uh, you know, very unselfish and very team-orientated. Uh, one of the comments I got from one of your peers is UMD's always had good defense. And, I mean, it kind of does start there, right? You, you want to win. What's the old saying? If you don't have goaltending, uh, goaltending 70% of hockey, unless you don't have goaltending, then it's 100% of hockey. But if you have good defense that can transition the puck and make plays and defend, that's a game changer. I know you got Dylan Sandberg, who's a Winnipeg pick. But is that part of your success is just the ability to, to recruit defense and, uh, and give them chances to make plays, too? Well, yeah, I think I think the last uh, couple of years it's been the backbone of our team with uh, with Sandberg, as you mentioned, Mikey Anderson, who just signed with LA, and Scott Perunovic, another second rounder to St. Louis, and and uh, you know guys like that that uh, came in as freshmen, uh, you know, kind of highly touted and and uh, really uh, got their feet wet the first year, and um, you know we're again fortunate to win uh, with a really young decor, but. Uh, you know, those guys, uh, you know, have really played an integral role of our team. Uh, you know, up front, we haven't been a high-scoring team, so uh, we've got pretty good balance. So those guys uh, make it a little bit easier because they can get pucks out, they can defend well. And the best part of it was we found a, a pretty good goalie here the last two years at Hunter Shepard that's, uh, you know, is a pretty good place to start, like you said. So, um we, you know, we're lucky we, we have uh, all those guys back except for Mikey another year, which uh, which hopefully will, you know, lead to more success. But uh, they're certainly been the backbone of our team. And, you know, obviously I think in today's game you got to have those types of guys that can make plays, you know, be a part of your, your offensive uh, scheme and, and, and certainly defend. Scott Sandlin's the head coach of the two-time national champion. Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, they went back-to-back titles. Is that the first time it's happened, Scott, since maybe Denver back in the mid-2000s? I'm trying to think when the last time that occurred. Yeah, it was. It was Denver. Uh, I think Minnesota had done it uh, prior to Denver, and then, uh, you know, we were the, uh, the next team here. It's taken, I think, 13, 14 years for, for someone to do it. But, uh, um, you know, it's getting harder and harder, as you know. Uh, yeah. It's hard to win, but uh, really, really... Uh, you know, really proud of our team last year to, to kind of have the target and, and, and kind of stay with it and have a good year and ultimately play their best hockey at the end of the year and certainly the last game against UMass. Scott, uh, and I did, uh, you know, over the years, we've, we've had various different NCAA coaches on the show. I even bumped into Herb Brooks uh, uh, before he passed away a number of years ago at a prospects game when he was working for an NHL organization at that time. Minnesota recruited basically exclusively out of uh, Minnesota, uh, Denver, a lot out of Western Canada, North Dakota, a lot out of Manitoba and Saskatchewan, Denver, more Alberta and BC. You guys have got players. I mean, you even got an Edmonton, a guy that was, uh, you know, from Edmonton. You've got guys from California. You've got guys from, you don't have a lot of Eastern, you don't have a lot of uh, guys from, uh, you know, Massachusetts, but you've, you've got a lot of kids from uh, sort of central United States, but also, you know, various parts of Canada as well. That's is that what you got to do? Is you just you got to extend that net, cast a wide net, and uh, have as much pipeline as possible in terms of finding players. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I still think, you know, you know, our kind of bread and butter has been, you know, obviously we've got a pretty pretty good hockey state here with a lot of good hockey players and Western Canada. You know, I think probably the, the last Eastern guy that we had was Alex Iafalo, who was from Eden, New York. Um, that was probably about as far east as we've been as far as where players come from. But uh, that's it seemed to work for us even before I got here. I know Western Canada, you know, I was an assistant at North Dakota, so, um, you know, pretty familiar with, with the the, the leagues and the players and we got a lot of good players from there as did Duluth you know you know even prior to me getting here but I think it's uh it's still a strong area that we like to to get kids from and and uh like I said also from our state that uh you know we've been fortunate to have a lot of good players so but you know the hockey is you're seeing kids from all over uh because hockey's growing you know in the states and and you know you're seeing guys from Arizona and Kentucky and just wherever you know, it seems the hockey's really been a big boom, and, and uh, so you're, you're, you are getting kids from different areas, and, you know, whether they're playing midget or junior, um, some of them uh, in the USHL get exposed to more of the Midwestern schools, and and uh, that's good, and so, but you got to go everywhere. Uh, you know, we've even had some Europeans in the past, but uh, not as many as some teams, so um, you got to go where you got to go, but uh, our our predominant area is Western Canada, and it's certainly kind of in our Midwest area. I was talking to uh, my old center today, Guy Gadowski, out of Penn State. I know he's got uh, you know he's got Finnish kids, Russian kids, uh, he's kids from Edmonton, kids from uh, you know uh, New York, all over the map. Um, what do you know about the Alberta Golden Bears? Who you're going to play on Saturday night in an exhibition game? Well, I know uh, I know they're good every year, and that's uh, we played them uh, two years ago here and uh, had a really good game. We lost four to three, and just really liked the way they played the game. Um, I know they're always a top team, so uh, we asked them to come back, and, and you know they graciously said that they would, and they're going to play us uh, on Saturday and, and St. Cloud on Sunday. So uh, it's good for both of us to, to get a quality team in here and. You know, kind of get our first game under the under our belts here uh, against uh, a really good opponent. So we're looking forward to it, and um, uh, I, I know, like I said, they're they're probably another strong team. I haven't really looked at their roster, but uh, I just know from a couple of years ago, uh, very impressed with their with their program, and and really enjoyed playing them. So uh, we're looking forward to getting them back. I offered uh, George Gwazdecki in '05 after Denver won the national title and Alberta won the University Cup. Uh, 100K to, uh, I was Yes ID at the U of A, but I was also hosting the drive show at that time on the All Sports Station in Edmonton to get him to come up and play. Hey, we needed a game in Rexall Place. We didn't have any NHL, any, uh, NHL hockey that year. Does does the does the NCAA need to consider maybe lightening the uh, travel restrictions placed? I know Wisconsin went up into UBC to play a couple games the start of this season, but because mm-hmm. it is a little bit restrictive. What, what do you guys, you're allowed to go out of the country like once out of, every four years or something like that? That. I don't exactly know what the rule is. I just know there's some restrictions. Yeah. In getting because we lo- like I'd love to see, you know, to the top. Uh, you know, I, w- I went with the Bears down to UMD in 1980. I'm thinking it was 88, 89, and then they uh, Alberta and Denver both ended up at uh, the Great Western form uh, freeze out a tournament Bruce McNall put together that involved uh, Michigan State and that's when Michigan State was really good so uh, you know I'd love to see one of those but there's there's some significant restrictions are there not Scott on travel yeah yeah the you know it, it is once every four years and it has to be during like break so 
like Wisconsin went up uh, obviously prior to the the school the start of their school year and then I know about four four or five years ago we went up and uh, and played Lakehead for a couple games in Thunder Bay uh, over our Christmas break so that was a really good experience for our guys too and and we had played them a number of times where they've come down so uh, but we went up there and it was a packed house and we played two games and uh, it was a really good experience for our guys so I know even last time when we played Alberta they talked about uh, trying to get us up there for for some games and uh, that's still uh, is something I'd like to do if we can make it work out uh, down the road but uh, you know it's certainly a, a good experience for your players uh, best of luck this season and Scott uh, wouldn't surprise me in the least if uh, you end up uh, you know in, in the frozen four seems like you guys are a part of that on a regular basis so congratulations on on really making that power uh, that program a powerhouse Thank you. Appreciate being on, and, and thanks for the comments. That's Scott Sandel, and he's the head coach of the UMD Bulldogs. They are a powerhouse NCAA team. They play Alberta Saturday at home. The Bears almost never get a chance to host an NCAA team. Brendan, this is interesting because, you know, you do the Crusader games, and as an example, you got Michael Benning heading off to Denver. Like, Denver... Denver is a big-time program. Uh, North Dakota, big-time program. The two Boston schools, BU, Boston College, big-time programs. Uh, historically speaking, Michigan and Michigan State, you know, Craig Simpson played at Michigan State, big-time programs. And then you got uh, you know Minnesota. But guess what? Back-to-back national titles, Minnesota Duluth. That program finds a way partially because they can uh, defend a lot of kids out of the USHL in Minnesota, but they're also one of the schools that does recruit out of the AJHL. Yeah, and it's interesting to see the divide, like you were talking about, just with where different schools recruit out of. Yeah. You know, you find North Dakota, uh, you don't typically see... Uh, there's a lot of BC guys. I think they got uh, Johnny Tyconic on that roster as well. Yeah. But uh, but it's, I mean, just as somebody who works very closely with the AJHL, the, the diversity and, and the amount of schools, they're not all the big names, but Omaha, Nebraska has quite a few recruits in that league, That's Wisconsin Mike, as well. Mike Gabinet. oh, I miss Wisconsin, I should have remembered. I mean, they've got some tremendous... Cole Caulfield's playing there, right? Yeah. now. So is Alex Turcott. Tom McClellan's got the Kings coming in. And Alex Turcott's in next at this time next year, Alex Turcott will be in the NHL playing on the LA Kings. He's at Wisco this year. So that's another big time program. Mike Gabinet is the head coach of Nebraska Omaha. His grandfather is Claire Drake, the Alberta Golden Bears who beat Minnesota Duluth in the preseason two years ago. Those teams both won their respective national championships. Ian Herbers takes the Bears. There's going to be a lot of people that care about college hockey that are going to be watching that game. So that'll be an interesting one for us. What's going on with uh, the eight? Where's the, where are the crew ranked right now in the, in, uh, in the country? Number two. Number two. Number two behind the Penticton Vs. So they it's got a pretty a, good team. It's a 7-0 and start to the season. They've got three players up over 15 points in the first seven games. The top line of Arjun Atwal, Carter Savoy, who is with that Denver commit, and William Zapardick, who's going to the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Um, is that is Huntsville? That, excuse me, not yeah, Birmingham. Yeah. Huntsville, Huntsville. Yeah, because yeah. UAB has a football team, but they don't have a they don't have a hockey team. Yeah, yeah so that's it, where Jay Woodcroft played. Was Alabama Huntsville, and and uh, Mike uh, Cam Talbot played there. 
That's right. Um, yeah, so they they uh, defending off the Brooks Bandits there who are in, in third place, but uh, looking like... It, the ironic thing about this, Bob, is they weren't even ranked nationally to start the season. Yeah. And now they've turned, obviously, all the heads, and you've got somebody who's already drafted. You've got a couple of draft picks uh, that are projected this year in Benning and Savoy. Uh, Guylander, the one that went, uh, the goaltender, who actually statistically has has taken a back seat to Jordan Fry, who they brought in from the SJ, and, yeah. uh, and has absolutely turned heads there so they just have a lot of good things working for them right now so Sherwood Park's ranked number two in Canada where is Spruce Grove because usually they're pretty good year in they are in the top ten I want to say they're about eight right now okay Alberta Golden Bears are ranked number one the Edmonton Oil Kings were ranked number four they're going to be sliding because they've lost three straight games and uh, number nine right now came out last night so they went from fourth to ninth and they lost last night in Swift you mentioned Carter Such uh, scoring a couple goals last night he had 45 points he's a late birth date 45 points last season. He's got some skill. His father, uh, Mark Such, uh, played at the University of Alberta for a couple This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Seasons as well. It's 148 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick time out, get to this day in Oilers history, and get to some of your texts when we return in Oilers Now. Hi, I'm James Neal from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. It's 151 in Edmonton. Thank you, James. I thought James Neal looked active. Um, had a couple opportunities, had a puck blocked on a partial two-on-one, uh, and he's going to get some minutes, and he's going to be important. Edmonton Oilers returning action against the LA Kings coming up on Saturday night. Again, the news of the day involves uh, Adam Larson, broken bone just above the foot. He's going to be out a while. Oilers uh, moved uh, Ethan Bear down, brought up Evan Bouchard. Uh, Bear was very good yesterday. You'd have to think Ethan Bear will be returning. Part of this may be uh, cap-related, uh, just to maximize the LTIR. Let's go to this day in Oilers history. You're going to be able to wow all of your friends out there. I did not. This is something I did not know. So nice nugget you dug up today. This day in Oilers history is brought to you by New West Travel. Again, we've got a couple spots that have opened up for a New York City trip, which is next week as the Oilers hit the road for three games in uh, the New York area against the Islanders, the Devils, and the Rangers. The tickets include uh, for the games against the Devils and the Rangers. Uh, We've also got uh, two road trips coming up in the second half, one in Chicago and one in Tampa. On this day in 1977, what happened? The Oilers registered their first win over an NHL franchise, beating the St. Louis Blues 4-3 in an exhibition game. This was while Edmonton was still in the WHA. Do you know who I saw the other day? Gary Unger. You're drawing a... That's a generational thing. Gary Unger was a star 
for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, he at one time was the NHL Ironman. He was up around, I don't know, 875 games. He was a, basically a point-per-game player. Uh, he spent most of his time these days in Banff. He's got a bunch of businesses. Um, very good hockey player. Was involved in a pretty significant trade that involved Norm Allman. And, oh, was it Frank Mahovlich? I'm just trying to recall. No, it was Detroit. No, yeah. Anyhow, uh, I'm trying to think of who the other part. Oh, somebody can text us. Somebody would remember the big blockbuster Norm Allman trade uh, back in the day that Gary Younger was a part of. I'm thinking, of, where would Allman have gone to? Maybe it was to Toronto. Uh, was that the trade that sent uh, Allman from Detroit to Toronto and Mahovlich from Toronto to Detroit, and then he ended up in Montreal? No, did he get moved for Danny Grant? Is that who he ended up going to, or Mickey Redmond? You can text us at 630, 630. Tracker Dave says, uh, Bob, uh, text us at 630, 630. Gary Unger is a great guy. That comes to us from uh, Tracker Dave. There you have it. So you can, the Oilers' first victory against an NHL franchise was an exhibition play in 1977. Wow. Just while you're at it, can you look up online for me in the final two minutes of the show as I bang off some text? Sure. Uh, the Gary Unger trade that involved Norm Ullman, I think it was in 1960. Did you find it? No, no, but I'll get on it here. All right, here we go. Uh, this text comes to us from Miles. Bob, uh, why, again, we see the craziness of having players not padded like goaltenders blocking shots. Well, the problem with the one with Larson was that was kind of accidentally on purpose, right? Like he tried to get in front of it, but he didn't have a lot of uh, opportunity to get set for it. Bob, I enjoy your show. I liked the Oilers play last night. Uh, where did it go? Uh I like the play last night, especially the Oilers' ability to uh, collapse down and support the net. Bob, why send Bear down as opposed to uh, Manning? It may have to do, may have to do some camp uh, implications, complications. So that's pretty much the consensus that's out there. And I think we will see Ethan Bear maybe back up uh, by Friday night at the uh, latest. Again, you can text us at 6.30, 6.30. Uh, this text, this is an interesting one, uh, from, uh, Camrose Flint. He says, Bob, another interesting show, but another tough year for Adam Larson watching the Oilers last night on Sportsnet. It was nice to see every single Oilers player and official introduced, but the staff and the coaches all look like it was a funeral, not a single smile or a wave when they're introduced. What gives? What gives? What gives? Uh, that was, that was a Scottish film. Shallow Grave, was that what it was from? Anyways, um. Hey, man, those coaches and those trainers, that's the only time they ever get introduced. They're nervous. That's what's going on there. If, si- if you ever see them at ice level, like during a game, which is where I spend yeah. the end of the first period, they are as energetic as anybody yeah. else in this franchise. Absolutely. So I think they're just, they're not used uh, for the trainers and the therapists. Those guys, the equipment guys, those guys do a really important job for a team, and they do it without a lot of fanfare, okay? And it's the one time the spotlight's on them, and some of them aren't the most comfortable guys in that situation. So, I mean, I, I sit here and blab away for two hours a day, year-round, and then have the privilege of traveling with the hockey team and doing some color and pregame shows and all that kind of stuff. I still get a little bit tweaked when I have to uh, MC an event if I haven't MC'd for a while. It just kind of comes with the territory. What do you got on that Gary Unger trade back in 1967? Were you able to dig that puppy up for me? 
I was. It was 1968, though. Oh, March man. 3rd. So the Maple Leafs Fire choir. Fire still the show. <laughs> the Maple Leafs acquire Norm Ullman, Floyd Smith, Paul Henderson, and Doug Berry. The Red Wings acquire Gary Unger, Pete Stemkowski, Frank Mahovlich, and the rights to Carl Brewer. All right. You want to know something that's crazy about that trade? So Pete Stemkowski, the first play-by-play game I ever did uh, was with the San Jose Sharks. Okay? And... Uh, they had a uh, turn in your unregistered firearms night in San Jose for tickets. And I finished that read. We went to a commercial break and Pete looked at me and goes, Bob, I bet you don't have that read doing the U of A Golden Bears back in Canada. Good <laughs> chuckle out of that. Anyhow, Pete was a beauty. He was a big man back in the day. Won a couple Leafs, with, uh, a couple cups with the Stanley Cup, or won a couple Stanley Cups with the Leafs. Coming up uh, tonight, uh, Reed Wilkins, the mega talented one. What does he got? It sounds like a fluid show tonight. All right, there you go. In other words, send a text, Reed. Give us a heads up. Uh, tomorrow, we'll have Elliot Friedman for the River Cree Resort and Casino. Sports that's Mark Spector for our friends at Horse Race in Alberta. We'll have some Eskimo talk as well, as well as uh, Oil Kings talk coming up in tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. Off to a news, weather, and traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen Nye. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.